This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 66. You know what they say, Cammie, the riches are in the niches. Right, Madeline. And I like to say, if you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to fall over. Timber! Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. A lot of people feel that if you focus on one narrow audience, you're limiting your reach. But in reality, if you focus on one audience, your message isn't watered down and you can reach more people. Now, I know this firsthand from my communities that I've built over the years. Now, when we go back 20 plus years, I started my online community called Go Girls Music and it was very narrow. This was for independent women in music. So it was indie music, that was the first narrowed niche, and then narrowed even more by just focusing on women musicians. So Kami, it was really interesting that like I was doing this whole narrowed thing without even realizing it. I just wanted to help female musicians, that's all, you know, and the the (laughs) independent ones, the ones that, you know, are not the ones you hear on the radio. They're not the mega stars, but they should be because they're amazing. So I was niching down and you do really hear people say the riches are in the niches. I always hear Pefflin saying that all the time. And the first time I heard him say that many years ago, it made me feel good because I knew my music community was very niche down. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree completely. I actually think it's very hard for some people, though, to do that because they're afraid that by doing that, that they're going to lose people. And so what I want to really say here is that, did you have men that were in your community of Go Girls Women? No, it was... It was only, it was only, I mean, did any any of them attracted to your community? I take it back. I take it back. There were guys in the community, but, but here's, here's what I came up with. The way you could join our community is it had to be a band that had at least one female in the group. So the guys were not completely excluded. But it was a very targeted group. So if you were a solo singer-songwriter, you had to be a female. If you were in a band and you were the girl in the band, and it could have been one girl in the band or more girls, but there could be guys in there, then that was okay, but at least one female. So I came up with something very specific of what I was trying to do. I just wanted to bring female musicians together. Right. And I think that that was exactly why it worked, because 
you had a true heart for it. It wasn't some construct that you put together. So I do think that people need to think very carefully. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute about who you really want to serve. And, you know, even if you start with a specific group, don't think that you can't change that later because you did. You broadened it out much later and came to Twitter Smarter, for example. It's a very niche community on a specific platform, but there's a lot of people of different backgrounds in that community as well. So don't think that you are going to have to stay in the same thing forever just because you start right now. Right. And, you know, that other saying is if you try to serve, you want to serve everyone, you serve no one. Because, you know, when you go too broad and, you know, when, when we're asked to like, okay, who's your avatar? You know, we get asked that all the time. Who's your avatar? And we think very broadly because we want our avatar to be everyone who doesn't want to serve everyone, but you do ultimately end up serving no one. And, uh, you know, so with my Twitter smarter community, I just wanted to focus hyper-focus on Twitter marketing. That's it. Just let's do Twitter marketing and let's reach the people who are interested in learning more about Twitter. And so that's how I built my community by going that route. I'm not trying to serve everyone. I'm not trying to do all social media. While I teach all social media, I help people with all social media. I've really narrowed down this very specific, you know, Twitter marketing. And I've gotten known because of that. Yeah. And really because that was a big hole in the marketplace that needed to be filled and you were um, intelligent and you had a great background and you were also had great content. Let's put that out there. You do have to have all those things. But just by stepping into that void, you became the Twitter expert. And I think that that's really something that we all need to look at around us. Where are the holes that need to be filled and how can we fill them and and what communities can we connect with or what communities can we serve? so that they have, you know, look to us for, as thought leaders. And it does seem counterintuitive. And so I want to talk a little bit about why I think it works coming from a marketing background. And I'm going to be talking about really consumer marketing, like when you go to the grocery store. And I think that this can be applied also to what we do online. So this was some really interesting research that I heard a couple of years ago, probably on the radio or somewhere. And I just dug down into it because it was so interesting to me. And the idea is that at the grocery store, when you walk down the aisles of the grocery store, if there are too many choices in the grocery store aisles, you are more likely to buy less. I think that is so interesting. And there were several different studies that were done on this, some of them going back as late as 2014 or early, I should say. And they were evaluating all kinds of consumer behavior. And when consumers went into the grocery store and they were met with all these choices, like, you know, white eggs and medium eggs and extra large eggs and jumbo eggs and cage-free, free-range, omega-3, pasteurized, all-natural, vegetarian, organic. (gasps) They were likely, just as likely to walk away from all those choices as they were to, you know, buy more. So one of the other things that was kind of more recent, Neil Patel talked about this on his blog. There was a study where the the people went out, you know, those people that give you samples in the grocery stores. Oh, yeah. Do you love that stuff? Oh, yeah, for sure. My kids live for those samples. (laughs) Let's go to the store, mom. Saturday morning, they're going to have samples. Of the customers who sampled 24 flavors of jams, they put 24 flavors of jams out there. Only 3% purchased. But when they put out six flavors of jam, 30% purchased. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like it is a huge difference. I mean, it's almost like they say three times, you know, they three times their results. 
So by simplifying, we can actually grow our results. And I am the worst on this one. And I think most entrepreneurs are because we see all the shiny objects and we're like, oh, I would love to do that. And I would love to serve that. And I'd love to have that. But the bottom line is that we need to be very focused in what we offer because the research shows that that will make people buy more often than not. Now, people might say they want more choices, but the truth is the behavior is, according to the research, they're not going to buy. That's crazy, right? That is so interesting. Uh, And we'll have links to this in the show notes if for those of you listening that would like to read up on this. uh, It's fascinating information. Now, we came up with five reasons why you too should consider offering fewer choices and focus on smaller audiences. So the first one is focused audience targeting. So it is easier to target your audience if you have a really good idea of who they are, just like what I did with my music community and with my Twitter community. So while your solution might not be able to help lots of audiences, humorous by starting with just one. So really think about that one that you want to serve. And also social ads are a lot easier to target when you have narrowed your scope. And that is so incredibly true, uh, Cami, because when I am focusing, like when I was doing ads, social ads with my music community, just really focusing on, you know, music and nothing else, not going broad. And then same thing with Twitter Smarter, looking for people interested in talking about Twitter. It makes it a lot easier. And you may not be having to worry about, well, the advertising space is going to cost more because it seems the broader it is, the more expensive it is because everybody wants a piece of it, right? Yeah, it's absolutely true. It can get more expensive if you're very narrow too, because if you just want a specific kind of thing, it could be that it costs more. But the truth is, If you run social media ads on a regular basis, like Facebook ads, for example, you are going to be able to build a much more correct custom audience over time, you know, lookalike audiences and custom audiences. And I know there's a a lot around the advertising space that, you know, we haven't completely covered. Hey, maybe that's another show idea. But anyway, we'll find somebody to talk to you guys about like this customizing of ads. I actually heard somebody the other day that we can go after that I think would be great to hear from. But the idea is that if you leave them running for a good period of time, Facebook kind of gets to know what kind of customer you're looking for. If you're constantly changing and, you know, trying to like one day, you know, go after social media and the next day going after marketers and the next day going after whatever your audience is, you've got to be very clear who you're going after. And that's going to help you over time to bring down the costs of your advertising. For example, if you run Facebook live streams, which we, we both do, and hopefully you guys are doing it too. Hopefully we've talked you into doing that. You can actually start to target to the audiences that watched your live streams through social ads. And that can be a lot cheaper because they've already looked at what you've done and may have some interest in you. And Facebook actually charges less for those views. So I'm just saying, targeting in on what you're, what you're talking about. So if you do a live stream one day about 5,000 different topics, you're not going to have as good of an audience to pull from. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So definitely something to think about. So the second one that we talked about or wanted to talk to you guys about was that you want to have something that solves a specific problem. This is so important. I know everybody talks about this, but understanding the problems of your audience are going to help you pinpoint and solve a specific pain point. And that will give you a lot easier time getting people to take action and join your community. 
buy your course, do everything you're doing because people don't need another course. I just, this, you know, this is true. We don't go out every day going, I need a course. I need to find out. I mean, very rarely do we do that. We go out saying, we have this problem. I don't know how to do something. And then if a course goes in front of you at that moment or a, a workshop or a mastermind or a community, and it seems that it's going to solve that problem, you jump on it immediately. You're like, okay, that's something that might help me to get to my next point. So you want to help people to lift up to the next level in whatever they're doing. And you, to do that, you have to understand all of their specific pain points. And if you don't know how to find that out, some of the ways that I found really helpful is by listening in in other people's communities when they're talking about things. There was a big launch going on this week. And you know, there's one every week I know, but I was kind of following it. And a lot of the things that people were saying had to do with money and time and they didn't have it. Uh, it all came from like a lack and, and fear of um, a lot of things. And so when you hear a lot of that, that means that the that people are not hearing the value in how they, their pain point can be solved. The more they talk about how the money is and the time and all that, it's because they haven't seen the value yet. Because if they see like, hey, if I give you this $10, it's going to turn into 50 three or four weeks from now, they'll hand you the $10. I mean, who wouldn't, right? So you have to understand that that value has to be in there. What is it about your community that is going to solve and give them positive, what I call ROI or, you know, positive um, results in the next 30 days, quick wins, all those kinds of things. So you have to know what those things are so that you can give people those quick wins so that they can trust you. Do you do a lot of that with your courses? Yeah, definitely. You know, you definitely got to make sure that, you know, like you were talking about before, like when it comes to solving a problem, and you, let's say you build courses, you cannot expect people to wake up in the morning going, I'm buying a course today. What courses can I go buy? Like, and, I, and I've heard other people talk about him and, and use this as an example. Like, you know, no, you're not going to wake up and go, what courses can I buy? But when you have that pain point and it, you happen to s- discover there's a course for that, then, you know, it's easy to go take action on that. And so, you know, when I'm building courses, I'm trying to work on what are those pain points? What problem am I solving? And I think it's really important to be thinking about that for your community. What can you do to help them so that uh, when you do have your offerings, you're able to be that person to help yeah. and solve and it? I mean, I thought that your video like a rockstar course was a little bit like that because you know, you heard a lot of women saying when they came on to your live streams after your Twitter smarter your Twitter and, chats, your social, yeah. and in Twitter chats. And they were saying, Ooh, I don't really feel comfortable with this live streaming and this video stuff. And you thought, wow, these are like smart, savvy people. And they were mostly women that were telling you this. Right. And you were like, Ooh, there's a need for people to learn how to be comfortable on camera. And so you just launched a course and boy, did the doors rock off of that course whenever you opened it up because there was a pent up need of people in your community for that particular service at that time. So I do think listening to your audience, they'll tell you what they want and you just have to have your ears open to hear it. I think a lot of time we just don't hear it. You know, we don't hear it even though it's being said. Well, you and I, Cami, are the type of people that we always have our ears open. We're always watching for opportunities and paying attention to the pain points. And I think it's something that everyone can do. So all of you listening is something that you have to get in the habit of doing. And you have to just pay close attention to what your community is telling you because they'll tell you, they'll tell you loud and clear. You just got to be listening for it. And so sure, I could have just 
not have been paying attention when just guest after guest after guest on my Twitter Smarter and Social ROI chats were saying, gosh, I had, this was my first time to do a Facebook Live. Because that's what they, I mean, they didn't necessarily go into a huge pain point unless I asked, but I kept hearing this was my first Facebook Live. This was my first Facebook Live. And it's like, these are marketers and yes, smart, savvy, mostly female marketers. And it's like, huh, they're all telling me the same thing. So let me start asking them questions and let me uncover this. And it's like, wow, this was huge. And so, yeah, sure. Let me develop an online training program to help that and fill that void, fill that need that's, that, you know, is out there. So just got to, you know, be paying close attention. Now, we also want to talk about building a tribe of people with a lot in common. So, you know, people who have common pain points and needs tend to connect better in online communities. And you and I have both done a great job when it comes to this. So when I think back again with my Go Girls music community, we had these great discussions talking about these common pain points. And it would be things that would not have really worked if it was too general of an audience, if it was this wide audience and not a niche community. Because these were things that were specific to women who were independent artists, who were struggling. If they were a solo artist, they were just, they were like talking about their struggles of what it's like to be a solo artist and going on the road by yourself as a woman and the different pain points that went along with that. And then other things that, that would arise out of these conversations. So, you know, building a tribe of people with a lot in common, I think, is super smart. And I've done that as well with my Twitter Smarter community and with the Video Rockstar program. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it, gro- it grows a group of people that really li- know, like, and trust each other. I mean, we talk about know, liking, and trusting us as the as the leaders of our communities. But the bottom line is you want the community to know, like, and trust each other. Like if there's people that don't like each other in the community, they're guarded. They don't want to say as much. They kind of hold themselves back. I've seen that too, you know, where people aren't really all that friendly with each other in a community and it it kind of kills the spirit, if you will. Also, let's just talk about pure algorithmic things with Facebook, for example. If I jump in a group and I'm talking and posting and stuff, it's going to notify my other friends that I'm doing that if they're also in that group. So by having people that are in friend groups together in a group, you're going to actually grow your engagement exponentially because they'll see when their friends are actually posting in there. I see it all the time. Like so-and-so just posted in the social media mastermind or so-and-so just posted in, you know, she podcasts or whatever. And I know, and I go nine times out of 10, I click on it and I go see what they said. You know, I like it or I respond to it or I just lurk sometimes, but you know, very rarely. So most of the time I jump in there and look around when I see something like that. So I think that that behavior is pretty natural. So understand that the algorithm is also driving us toward having these interconnected communities. So having people invite their friends into your community is something that you might want to consider. Absolutely. Super smart way to go for sure. Mm -hmm. So another point that we were talking about was, you know, why it's important to niche down in your community is because it helps you to be specific about your content. And that is one of the hardest things, honestly, is to come up with content day after day after day. But if you know what you're talking about and you know which community you're going after, it's very, very easy to figure it out. You know, so one of the things that we have done 
is we sat down and we came up with all the categories under communities that we thought were important, like building, sales and marketing, ROI, all that kind of stuff. And then we take all those, all of those different buckets, if you will, and we come up with the content for this podcast, for example. We have a really great episode about that, which I will put in the show notes as well, about how exactly we do that. But the bottom line is the reason why we do it is because it helps us to come up with very specific content for you that is based on the things that we know are important to build a community. And then we try to also listen to you and see what you say, like when you're out in um, Twitter or whatever, and you're talking about the podcast, we listen to the episodes that resonated with you. We look at which one is downloaded the most and which one had the most shares on Twitter. We do watch all of that stuff. So that is one of the most important things you can do is just to be very specific about your content. Absolutely. I'm always watching for little things like that, that can really help you tremendously. So something you definitely want to think about. Also, another one we want to talk about is create clarity. You'll be much more clear on every aspect of your business if you have an ideal client, customer, or community member in mind. And remember that you can also add more people later. So, you know, these are just like little things we want you to think about that really help in the big picture, right? Mm -hmm. And clarity is so important because I think that, you know, if you don't have clarity, you feel stuck, right? So that's the opposite of clarity is stuck. And I hear a lot of people saying, I feel stuck. And I think a lot of times the reason we feel stuck is because we haven't clarified exactly what we're going after. You know what I'm saying? We aren't sure. And I think part of the reason was we aren't sure is because we aren't willing to make a decision. Like just put it on the line, you know, put it on the line. This is who I'm after. I'm going after communicators, social media marketing managers, and people that want to grow an online community. That is who I serve, you know, so put it on the line. And again, you like Madeline said, you can always add more people later, but start with one. I mean, get a picture it can be a stock photo or somebody that's in your community that you identify with and put that picture on your computer. It's even better if it's a real person and just say, here, I'm talking to Madeline today. And I type all of my emails to Madeline because that's who I'm, that's exactly who I'm trying to reach is somebody like her. That makes it a lot easier to do almost everything. If you can think of it as being one person. That is so super smart. I love that idea. And you know, if you need help with getting clarity, get an accountability partner or join a mastermind group because that is one of the best ways to help you get more clear on what to do because sometimes we just need some outside help. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I would love to at some point start a mastermind group. Maybe we'll start a communities that convert mastermind group. It could be a little paid community we could put on the side for all of you guys. But yeah, let us know if that sounds interesting. Yeah, let's know if if that's something you would like because that would be really cool. Start a little mastermind group. Yeah. I used to do that in my Go Girls music community Mm -hmm. uh, when masterminds were first becoming a thing. This was like at least 10 years ago. Uh, I was reading the Jack Canfield book, How to Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to The Success Principles, How to Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And when I got to the part about masterminds, it was like mind blown. It was like, this is amazing. I'm going to start one for my music community. And I actually had, it became so popular. I was running three separate mastermind groups for my community. Oh my gosh, it's it crazy. Awesome. Well, anyway, if you guys are interested in something like that, let us know, you know, yeah, leave a message in the, in the comments here, uh, go to our show notes, go to our Facebook community and let us know there. Maybe we'll start talking tweet about us. it a little bit. You could always tweet, tweet us. us. Tweet us. Yep. 
So stay tuned because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to interview two really interesting community owners that have started amazing communities that you want to know about. The first one is Sandy Mansell, and she is out in Savannah and she, Savannah, Georgia, and she has started a brand new community out there, a social media breakfast, just like the one here, because she moved from Houston to there. And so she's got a smaller community that we're going to talk to you about and how she kind of launched that and what was behind it. So for those of you who haven't started a community yet, this is going to be really cool for you to hear how she thought that through. Also, for those of you who want to do a physical meetup, this might be some interesting information for you. And then the week after that, why don't you tell him who's coming? Because I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes. And the week after that, Tyler J. McCall, the Instagram expert, we are so excited to have him come on and talk to us about scaling your community. So, you know, we're talking about niching, we're talking about building, and and he's going to talk about how do you grow? How do you take it from zero to like a gazillion, right? Because he is doing an amazing job of scaling his Instagram community. Yep. Cannot wait. Yeah. So stay tuned because trust us, you want to hear these two episodes. They're going to be so good. So now let's do our call to action. We do have one as always, because we love action takers. So we are going to put together a worksheet for you. I've promised to do this, which is called how to find your ideal audience. And I want you to spend some time clarifying who you're trying to reach and then come share that in the Facebook group. And we'll talk about all of that other stuff there, including a potential mastermind in the future here. And let us know who you're trying to reach. I want to know who you're helping. We had a whole episode on who you help. So I will actually also link that up here as well. And we will give you a little download of a worksheet that I'm going to put together for you. Yeah, that would be awesome. And if you're not already part of our Facebook group, Go over to facebook.com slash groups slash communities that convert and join because we have great conversations happening there and it's very easy to do. You just go there and you're going to get the little pop up and it's going to ask you, what is the secret word to get in? What is it? What is it? Oh, you want me to say it? I don't know. I forgot. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't forget. (laughs) What is it? The secret word is action action, just put in action. That way we know you heard about it from the podcast. You know, it's just our way of having some fun with this. So join us and uh, be part of the conversation. And thanks for listening. We uh, really enjoyed your attention, spending time with us today. We love you. Yeah, we do. And we'll talk to you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website, at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from the Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E.
listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.